Hey guys, welcome back to Astrology and You. This week we're going to be talking about the 8th house and the 12th house. Yeah, I feel like these houses of the chart are kind of misunderstood and feared a lot of the time. So we're really going to be doing a deep dive into these two to get to the root of like what these houses are about, why they are not something to be scared of and like how you can use them to your advantage. Yes, exactly. Because I mean, there are definitely some unsavory topics that are included in these houses, but I feel like in readings, I'll get people and Alice too, like just where people are really afraid of the the placements that they have there. But um, like Mm -hmm. Alice and I both have them and we're going to help you kind of work out how that doesn't have to be a scary thing. Yeah. Like we are experts on these two houses because like we I mean, I have planets in both of them. You definitely have a lot of 12th house. So yeah. yeah. Um, also, if you don't have 8th or 12th house planets, definitely still listen because we're going to get into what transits mean through these two houses too, which will come up for everyone throughout the course right. of their life. Right, exactly. Like you don't have to have planets again in a house to still have some, like your birthright is still going to sh- tell you about how you're affected by it too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so should we first get into transits for the week? There really aren't that many. Yes. Okay, so let's (laughs) let's jump into it. We're going to talk about just Mercury entering Libra, which is on the 30th. And um, so Mercury is entering Libra then, and it stays through the end of October. Yeah, so that's a whole two-month period. And typically, when Mercury is at its most quick, is fastest a word? I think it is <laughs> most fast. Yeah. I'm like so bad with grammar sometimes. Um, typically, it only spends about like three weeks in a sign. So the fact that it's going to be in Libra for two whole months because it's yeah. going to be retrograde end of September through middle of October, it has this like huge extended stay in Libra. That means the themes you start to notice coming up this week, starting September 30th or sorry, August 30th, um, will become like pretty important for the next two months because of how long Mercury will be in Libra. Yeah, and we've already seen Mercury retrograde in the other air signs. So we've seen it in Aquarius, we've seen it in Gemini, and now this is the final air sign Mercury retrograde that we're coming to. So still seeing those common themes of like maybe miscommunication or difficulty in relationships, just kind of like needing to really resolve some issues, especially that have come up over the last year, I would say. Yeah, and because Libra is a sign all about partnership and balance and having people treated fairly, I feel like that's a huge emphasis on that. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out with like how or like maybe realizing how you can better communicate in your relationships to get your point across and be more mindful of someone else or maybe on like a global scale, like maybe having people realize like this... I don't know. I don't know like how it'll play out, but like seeing how people are treated fairly, like overall in society. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think like a little bit less of this like cancel culture, calling people out or there only has to be one way or, you know, like honoring other people's truth and kind of also like on a grander scale, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Also, I was thinking too, like, I do feel like this is a good opportunity to say like Mercury retrograde is not always bad this retrograde in Libra is going to help you in your relationships, maybe to go back and renegotiate things that haven't been working or find greater balance and compromise. Like, you know, it really can be a helpful thing if you're conscious and aware of how it could help you. 
Yeah. And that retrograde, I think, starts on September 26th. So definitely any like questions or like recurring thoughts or maybe problems that are surfacing between now and then, definitely pay attention to because that will set the stage for the upcoming retrograde. Exactly. Okay. I think that's it for this week. That's like a major transit. Yeah. (laughs) So we're going to get right into the rest of the episode. Okay. I am so excited to talk about this again because I just feel like it just goes back to that common theme in astrology where people just hyper focus on the negative things in a birth chart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Um, and like, I feel, especially with like transits through the 8th and 12th, I know we're going to get into that later, but I feel like people are always like, wait, does this mean I'm going to die? And like jumping oh, yeah. to like the most extreme interpretation of these houses. And when really like death and loss, yes, is one Um, meaning of the 8th and 12th but there's so much more too you know it was a weird synchronicity Alice I actually just woke up to an email from someone saying that they read something online about the 8th house transit oh my god I was like this is so meant to be we need to talk about this (laughs) and a lesson in why you should not believe what you read online yeah. All the time. Oh, yeah. And it really can get in your head. So um, so let's actually dive into the themes just associated first with the 8th and then the 12th house. Um, and then we'll get into more examples and transits later on. Yeah. So the 8th house, um, I mean, yes, it does touch upon death and also this theme of like rebirth. Um, but sometimes that isn't always like literal death. Sometimes it's just like the death of like who you used to be and kind of reinventing yourself and coming into like a new personality. Like I know with planets there, I'm always like someone completely different than I was three years before. Like it's this constant reinvention of self and like shedding who I used to be. Oh yeah. Like people with a lot of, especially personal placements in that house are going to feel like they've lived multiple lives in one. Like you can't, like I see them really going through a lot of different friendships or needing to kind of be around people who really also appreciate like always trying to grow and improve themselves and like stretch who you are. Yeah. It's like, it's not enough just to be like you and be content with who you are. I feel like I'm always like, how can I be better? How can I like improve upon this behavior or get rid of this bad habit? Um, which I mean, it's, I'm not saying that's like a good way to live. Cause sometimes it's <laughs> like, you want to step back and be like happy for your accomplishments. But I just like feel with the eighth house, it's like never enough. You're like, how can I be yeah. better? And maybe this is a good place to talk about what signs traditionally the eighth house is associated with, because, um, you know, like I think where that transformation really comes from to me, it helps to think of the eighth house associated modernly with Scorpio and with Pluto. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know Alice, you do more of the traditional rulers. I mean, I don't necessarily associate I mean I feel like eighth house does have similar themes to Scorpio but I'm not always like if you have Scorpio planets you're an eighth house person like I don't necessarily (laughs) do it like that I'm like if you have eighth house planets you're an eighth house person yeah 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 exactly but it just does help like if you know what Scorpio is just if you're listening and you're like what how can I remember this more easily? I think that is kind of helpful to make some connections there. Yeah, there's definitely like similarities between the two. Mm -hmm. Like almost if you have placements there, it kind of gives you a flavoring of Scorpio in a very like general sense, let's say. 
Yeah, like I don't, for instance, I don't have Scorpio planets in my chart, but with the moon and Venus in the eighth, I definitely take on Scorpio traits, especially in relationships because the moon and Mm -hmm. Venus are so relationship focused. So it's like this need to be in control or like um, huge transformation through relationships or getting very fixated on people and like needing a certain outcome. So, and just like this, like craving like the super intensity Um, Which is why we get along, I feel like, and why we've been friends through, like, so many iterations, I feel like, of ourselves, because I mm -hmm. have a Scorpio moon, and then you have, like, this eighth house focus on wanting to always, like, transform into, like, this higher version of yourself, or, like, more true to who you are, so I feel like when you find, when you have a lot of eighth house placement, it is kind of this desire to have friendships that are going to be willing to like see you through those changes and not expect you to just stay stagnant yeah like I feel maybe that's why I've gone through so many friendships in my life too is because like I just like outgrow people very easily you're not one Mm -hmm. of those obviously because you're always doing the same and like growing as well but I'm very like aware of when a friendship is just no longer serving me and I feel like with a just like to add upon that, like eighth house planets, it's like very um, black or white with who you want in your life. And it's like, okay, (laughs) I'm done with this person. Um, You're over. It can be very harsh like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very like all in all out. And I think that's not again, necessarily to like celebrate that Scorpio (laughs) kind of eighth house tendency, but that definitely is kind of a shadow that I have myself too. Yeah. It's like you wrong me once you're done. You don't get a second chance. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah. And then also like other things too with the eighth house though is emotional intimacy. So I feel like a common theme with eighth house planets, especially personal planets, there is like you want to have friendships, like aside from just relationships that are romantic, that's kind of obvious um, Mm -hmm. that you'd want that emotional depth, but also in your friendships. Yeah. And what I notice a lot of the time with eighth house planets it's like it's not enough to casually date someone it's like needing to go deeper or just wanting to be alone until you find that really deep connection yeah yes totally and I think you know the eighth house also like in terms of romantic relationships does tend to be like in more modern astrology it is associated with sex but I mean I tend to associate sex more so to do with the fifth house Yeah, 100%. I don't like sex doesn't jump out as me as like a huge theme of the eighth. I really when it comes to the eighth and sex, it's more like a transformation of maybe like how you view your sexuality. So like, I think I had an eighth house transit when I had my first kiss. So that was like a huge like opening into like adulthood Mm -hmm. and like exploring sexuality through that. But I would say like, having sex and like that part of your life I I definitely associate more with fifth yeah like eighth house is so like I don't know just more heavy feeling like you know it's like I guess maybe more about shared finances and shared assets and it is kind of like this progression of the relationship so in an intimate partnership like the eighth house can point to what are our shared finances like it tells you more about the how you'll live your life with that that special someone and you know sex is obviously an offshoot of that but I feel like it's more so about 
like those general shared finances that are a lot less sexy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, you've gotten to know each other. What is the next step in this relationship to develop a deeper connection? Um, and a lot mm-hmm. of times, even if this isn't a romantic relationship, like a business partnership, it's like, okay, next step is like mm-hmm. sharing money and like opening a bank account together. Um, or that could be in a romantic relationship, like moving in together um, and how you kind of act in those really like close situations with people. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then also too, I think the eighth house takes on just this other theme that's associated almost with like a little bit of mental health, if you want to get into that. And this kind of like blends into the 12th house, I feel, but there is this idea of like, when you're, you know, exploring these heavier themes of the eighth house, like death, or if it's not like a actual death, maybe like big transformations in your life or even traumas and stuff like that's going to bring up this desire to kind of seek help in some way perhaps yeah like I feel like a lot of those times when death or like a lot of self-improvement and transformations involved there's also this theme of like therapy connected to that like I want to go to therapy Mm -hmm. I want to read self-help books and like better myself um So I think we'll get more into that when we talk about like transits through the eighth, because therapy is such a result of having a transit through the eighth house. Um, But if you do have like natal planets in the eighth, maybe it's like you are someone that like, uh, like recognizes that they need to go to therapy or eighth house planets. A lot of the time that creates like a therapist themselves. So, or like someone that, job involves an element of like helping other people through crisis and their problems Mm -hmm. like you enjoy that you want you really love like understanding like the darker side to human nature and like seeing people's problems yeah big for I see that a lot in birth charts where people are like you know either want to heal themselves and or also want to be there to help others for sure yeah it just like makes you better not makes you better but makes you like stronger and more able to deal with like heavier topics and almost like interested in them like you want to know about like death and like all these like um difficult traumas people have gone through like you have just like a natural interest in learning about those things yeah and also it's like what I like about that is that when people have the eighth house highlighted it's like they've been through heavy stuff so then they're better able to come from a place of like not feeling judgy when you talk to them about those things Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean yeah yeah it's like there's like a natural understanding I feel like people are attracted or people with problems are often attracted to eighth house planet people because they just like sense that there's this understanding that the eighth house person has yeah, and I guess we didn't fully, just to like really highlight this, it is associated also with psychology and the occult, like, you know, mediumship or like since it is associated with death, like maybe being able to even communicate with like spirit in some sense of that term, however you want to see that. Yeah, and like in my chart, I have the ruler of my midheaven, the ruler, like the career angle in my eighth so it's like I've made a career out of the occult and astrology and like hearing other people's problems like that stuff really interests me with work and same <laughs> like <laughs> literally Alice and I both have that in common the ruling planet of your midheaven can tell you like what area of life does your career come into the highest focus and for us it's both eighth house themes so everything we talked about applies <laughs> yes um yeah I was also gonna say like just going back to like 
general interest of an eighth house person. Like to give an example, like I walked into like an airport bookstore and I, the book I decided to buy was on like corpses and like what happens to the human body after it like decomposes. So um, I'm not interested <laughs> at all though. So it can show up different ways. But like I have more personal planets in the eighth. So it's kind right. of like that stuff fascinates me like really like gory and like mm-hmm. kind of almost like gross topics that no that aren't like openly discussed among other people I feel like that's such a eighth mm-hmm. house planet person T- totally so like if you have your sun moon mercury venus mars there definitely that might appeal to you more um I have outer planets there neptune and uranus so that's going to be more associated with spirituality literally uranus rules astrology so it's like more so the spiritual aspect of like life beyond death like I'm interested in spiritual evolutionary astrology so that kind of takes a turn that way so that's a really good distinction actually Alice Mm -hmm. whereas like mine with the moon and venus is like moon finding emotional fulfillment through exploring these topics like it's like an emotional need yeah for taboos of life honestly Mm -hmm. and then also another thing just to touch on is that sometimes with personal planets there you might be interested in you know um the finance realm like there will be people who i see in their birth charts have that eighth house emphasis and they actually have you know if it's connected to the 10th house maybe they're in finance or they're a banker or they're you know, somehow tied into helping other people with their assets and their finances and have a knack for it. Yeah, like dealing with other people's money. And even if that isn't part of your job, it could also be that you get a lot more money or like status through a partner. So that could be like you make a lot more money through like partnering up with someone at work and having a business partner or that you marry into something like where your marriage partner makes a lot more than you do and like provides you mm-hmm. provides for you sorry mm-hmm. yeah exactly okay let's move on to the 12th house it, and then I think we'll circle back to the eighth with transits yeah yeah we will okay so maybe the common thread between the eighth and the 12th just to highlight that is that they have this hidden quality to them and that's because of just the configurations that they have to the ascendant and first house, it's going to be hidden in the birth chart. So in life, that shows up as these areas of life are really misunderstood <laughs> astrologically, but also like planets that fall there um, and the signs on the cusp will color how you deal with things that are hidden or are taboo or like not talked about as easily. Yeah, it's like those, anything that's in the 12th or the 8th, like those planetary qualities are sometimes take you a while in your own life to become aware of. Definitely. Like I did not become aware of those moon and Venus qualities in the eighth until in my Mars in the 12th, like until fairly recently, like the last few years and learning astrology has helped that. Um, and then also there's qualities that other people don't see in you. Mm-hmm. Like it just is not something you project out into the world. Oh, super private. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like very hard for other people to see that side of yourself. And it's something you keep kind of under wraps. Mm -hmm. And I I know for me personally, like with my son in the 12th, I think there's a lot of a shame associated with sometimes having these planets in these more mysterious houses. And I feel like in the eighth house, personal planets there almost take a turn of like, 
you know, wanting to talk about the truth at an early age or being interested in subjects like sex or like, you know, just topics that are more taboo. Whereas like the 12th house, it might be shame with like who you are, not being able to shine your light, like having people telling you that you're too much. Yeah. Or like, um, I don't know if you want to like speak upon more of this because mm-hmm. you actually have the sun in your 12th, but I have noticed with like a couple of friends and acquaintances that have this is like, it's hard to understand like who they are or like mm-hmm. fully express themselves or like feel comfortable doing so. Like they kind of have like a paranoia of like, I don't want other people to see me or like mm. kind of scared to express the real them. Oh my gosh, so much. And Alice, you totally know this is true for me because you've you've mm-hmm. like grown. I feel like you've seen kind of this transform a little bit, but definitely I feel like especially earlier in life, I always felt like I was too much or I like couldn't shine or when I was, I'd have a lot of people who were very like um, almost jealous of me or who kind of tried to like knock me down. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's really interesting. I I feel like I've noticed the transformation in you in the last couple years because like I remember you were scared to kind of fully show your interest on social media Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And you've really like had to make a lot more effort. Like it's not something that comes as naturally. It's like I have to actually show who I am and not be scared to do that. Oh, totally. Like so much anxiety. I think when you have 12th house planets, especially with associated with like putting yourself out there more. And it usually does have to do with, I know for me personally, like earlier in life experiences, but I also feel like past life too. Just feeling like when I did express myself, as I naturally would want to, it was like trampled on a little bit. So that's really interesting. Yeah. So there's always like this fear of when I do put myself out there that it will be rejected in some way. So I think Mm -hmm. um, it took me and usually I see this a lot in people's charts too. Like once they're progressed sun, which moves super fricking slowly, (laughs) but once it moves out of the 12th and into the first and especially crossing the ascendant, that is where people really feel more confident in themselves. Um, And I know that was true for me. Like that happened about two years ago for me. So you can literally see the shift. Yeah, so that would be something that's unique to people born with sun in the 12th, because like, I will never have the progressed sun move through the 12th. Mm -hmm. But everyone pretty much will have progressed moon move through the 12th, which is kind of interesting. This gets into a whole other topic. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's so interesting to notice how the personality does change now that your progressed sun has moved over the ascendant. Right. So basically when you're listening to this, if your sun is in the eighth or the 12th, just it is helpful to know that this isn't something that is stagnant and that shows up in the transits. Um, You know, so like Mm -hmm. 12th house associated more generally like with feelings of like not being able to like really shine your light, like wanting more privacy, but also like there's a lot of isolation with it too. Yeah, like definitely if you have 12th house planets needing to be alone, this is such an introverted quality (laughs) to have in the chart. Um, It's not always a bad thing. Like it's like sometimes, especially like with a planet like Jupiter or like Venus or the moon, maybe Mm -hmm. like getting a lot, a lot of personal growth um, comes through taking time to be alone and actually like really enjoying being alone. Yes. Oh my gosh. And you're totally speaking my language right now. It's like, Mm -hmm. I need to have alone time and like specifically like alone time in silence or peace or 
just super downtime to recharge. And that's not to say I don't like being around people, but that comes to be much more fulfilling after I've filled up my cup being alone. Yeah. Um, what a, we kind of like got to the border of this, but mm-hmm. the theme of the 12th house associated with like enemies and people working against you. Yeah. Like you mentioned how when you were younger, um, I forget exactly what you said, like people like, I don't, I forget what you were saying. What yeah, you said yeah, yeah. yeah, just feeling definitely like that theme of the 12th house of maybe hidden em- enemies in a sense, or even self undoing, like this theme of wanting to shine your light if you have a lot of personal planets there. Um, but then in some way feeling like that's kind of worked against. And I, I definitely have gotten that through my lifetime with like Mars in the 12th. Um, Mars specifically is like the ruler of my fourth house, like my family. So I felt like kind of as a kid, my family worked against me. Like they didn't, like the family I grew up with didn't allow me to be my full self and kind of like put me down a lot. So it is, if you don't have planets in the, or if you do have planets in the 12th, it could be interesting to check what house they rule in the chart as well. Like to show what area maybe Mm -hmm. that's coming from. Yeah. And I mean, this is, it's so weird again, Alice and I have such similar charts, but like the ruler of my son, which is in the 12th is also ruling my, um, my IC line or my nadir, which also has to do with the family. So it is really helpful to look to see what sign those planets rule for like more specifics of how you might be experiencing these themes of like hidden enemies or loss or feeling like isolated in some way. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then another main interpretation associated with the 12th house is like mental health um and also like this could be like putting energy into like improving your mental health or feeling like you suffer from things like depression or anxiety and not really knowing like where that stems from like I know with Mars in the 12th again like I have I've had to deal with depression and anxiety as a kid I think it's become a lot better though um Mm -hmm. but like, is that something you've ever had experience with? Yeah. Or like, yeah, have yeah. you just like health, health problems in general? Like sometimes it's not only just mental health, but sometimes it is having to deal with a lot of physical health problems too. Yeah. That's definitely been something that's come up for me because mental health has just been such a fascination for me. And I remember when I first learned about mental health at like a way later age than I, I wish I would have, like, I mm-hmm. wish that was spoken about so much more openly, but again, it's like a 12th house theme that is more hidden. And when I learned about that, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm fascinated. This is so important. And it was like, it made me feel so seen. Exactly. Yeah. And if you have 12th house planets, um, maybe wanting to make a career out of mental health or mm-hmm. like a career out of being a doctor, like the 12th house is also like literal like hospital sometimes. Um, yeah. Or yeah, I would say like hospital is the best way to put that. Um, so yeah, wanting to help people who are suffering in some way, whether that's their mental health, their physical health, etc. Um, people who feel in some sense that they are looking for compassion and looking for help and healing. Yeah. So that's definitely something the 12th and the 8th have in common is like wanting to deal with other people's problems and help them through those. 
Yeah. And I think this is why like Allison, I want to do this episode again, because like the eighth and 12th house is like, those are taboo subjects, but they shouldn't be like, why, why do we somehow put a negative spin on that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like things like mental health are so talked about now. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like taboo is the taboo is not like there anymore. Um, like people openly talk about that stuff on social media. So like why should the astrology houses associated with it not be why should they be viewed as scary if mental health isn't viewed as scary you know exactly and that's the thing too is that like with just speaking from personal experience like with so much of my so many of my personal planets in the 12th house that it was something that I felt like I had to keep hidden that I didn't know other people were experiencing at all and whenever I brought it up it was like silenced you know so I think Mm -hmm that it's really important because a lot of people with planets in the 12th house might feel like they're alone or isolated in their suffering, Mm -hmm. especially because mental health isn't something obvious. It's not like you see someone with a broken arm and are like, oh, how are you doing? Like, I want to check up on you. So I think it really helps even when you look at other people's charts close to you and you're like, oh, I thought that they always seem so happy, but like maybe I could check in on them more. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, kind of to switch topics but like another Mm -hmm. really big aspect of the 12th house is like spirituality and just like wanting to connect to something that's like way bigger than yourself or like seeking solace in like a faraway place like 12th house also has to do with like faraway lands and like going abroad Mm -hmm. and like feeling more comfortable like far away from like your roots um but then like spirituality also like connecting to something that's just like way bigger than like everyday reality. Mm -hmm. And that is totally like my sense of self once I explored like things that connected me to my spirituality, like yoga, for example, meditation, astrology. That was when I actually felt like I was, I found myself. Um, And also when I literally, you know, moved to Europe, that was when I actually felt like, oh, I know who I am now. I'm developing that sense of self that I hadn't had up till that point. Yeah, like I agree completely. I had those like same experiences, like going abroad has always felt like more like home to me. Maybe that Mm -hmm. has to do with like the ruler of the fourth being in the 12th though, as in like the home aspect. Um, And yeah, same for you too. You have ruler of the icy in the 12th. But then also, yeah, finding myself through meditation and um, yoga and all of that. Mm -hmm. Yes, totally. And then um, also too, though, like with that, you can see how it's it's like I do want to caveat that by saying I feel like sometimes – you know, it like the 12th house is associated with foreign lands, but it's more so sometimes like it used to mean like being exiled. So it is kind of this feeling of at first needing to be like, no one knows you. So some for some people, they might feel like really uncomfortable with that. But if you do have more personal planets, that might be something where you like actually feel like that gives you the platform to then find yourself when no one knows you when you feel like a stranger. So how you relate to that and how comfortable you are maybe traveling on your own, for example, could show up there. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, do we have anything else to touch on like natal planets in the 12th or do you want to move on to transits through these? Yeah, I think I'll just touch on my other two because I talked a lot about the sun just very briefly. Mm-hmm. I have Venus in the 12th, so I am like the most private person I know <laughs> when it comes to my love life. Um, and... So yeah, that's why I don't really share a lot about that. But um, 
that shows up really big. And then also I feel like there is kind of this aspect with my south node in the 12th house of just being, I don't know, really, really identifying a lot with all of those 12th house themes we talked about. And I feel like there's a lot to do with my karma of needing to find ways to like use the best of that, but not like overly rely on it like not being overly isolated because I can be alone for a lot but like that's not my purpose here it's not going to be fulfilling um and then what was I gonna say oh yeah I have Mars just to give another example so that's kind of like expressing anger and confronting people is so hard for me to do and it's Mm -hmm. like it kind of builds up inside and is like hidden from other people like when I'm upset with you you'll never know it um and it kind of results in this like passive aggressiveness which I'm trying to work on but yeah it's like like I just like don't know how to tell someone when I'm upset and I feel like that's the 12th house like you just like yeah sometimes don't know how to deal with planets there and it takes a really long time to figure it out okay so yeah definitely I think just the common thread of all of those things we just touched on the subconscious so just to like name that I feel like sometimes these planets do work really behind the scenes you know and it kind of takes us a while to be like oh that's where that's coming from you know yeah yeah and it's like becoming more aware of those parts of yourself like how like for instance in my case like how to assert myself or for you like how to Mm -hmm. um uncover like your identity and fully express yourself are triggered with transits and progressions to the 12th totally yes okay I think Okay, so let's get into transits now since we're on the topic of that. Um, Yes, let's do it. Okay, so maybe let's start with the the transits that we have had that have been really powerful. Yeah, so I feel like I just came out of big twelfth house ones. I had those those Cancer Capricorn eclipses were in my sixth and twelfth, but having them in the twelfth definitely shifted me more towards having like a spiritual lifestyle like with those 12th house eclipses I quit my job to be an astrologer and I was I went from working in an office surrounded by all these people all day to being completely alone um Mm. so there was that theme of isolation there too um I'm trying to think like health problems that with the six house eclipses which we aren't talking about yes mental health I feel like wasn't a huge theme with those eclipses for me but I did have like the hidden enemy quality of the 12th house come up Mm. like some people I thought were my friend turned out that they really weren't yeah yeah and that really messes with your mind too it's like great (laughs) yeah exactly and like through them coming out as like an enemy also like fights I had with that sorry it's just like one person I'm thinking of forced (laughs) me to realize how I actually played a role in like the conflict too like becoming more aware of like self-sabotaging patterns and how I was working against myself sometimes yeah yeah totally like that self-undoing like sometimes it is a hidden enemy that kind of like brings light to some part that like the part that we're playing in our own self-sabotaging habits yeah exactly Um, But also I feel like for you, I think that's a good example for people like when you have transits to the 12th house, like you are someone who has prior to those eclipses, you already had worked on your mental health a lot. So that wasn't something that maybe would be flagged because it's like, you know, this energy is going to show up one way or another, but you've already like really done a lot of healing in that area. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a lot about um, becoming more like calming my mind, though, because I did start doing yoga and developing a daily meditation practice through those 12th house eclipses. Like that oh, became yeah. something so regular to me when the so like kind of searching to calm my mind, like I said, and like connect with something bigger than myself. Yeah. And that was the same for me back when I had those eclipses too, which I find so interesting. Yeah. That Um, was when you got into yoga. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that was also when I stopped um, drinking, which for me was an addictive behavior, which is also associated with the 12. That's so interesting. I didn't realize it was that long ago. Whoa. Yeah. So, well, I, I would say like, I think for me, that was something where it wasn't like, you know, I, I don't know, it was kind of cold turkey, but there, that was when it began for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely noticed that too. Um, with eclipses in the 12th, like less drinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you realize how much it does affect your mental space. I feel like, and obviously this varies from person to person. Yeah. Like 12th house transits, definitely wanting to shed like anything that is affecting you mentally. Mm. And I do find people who have a lot more planets in the 12th house, like, you know, sometimes things that take you out of your normal mental state just affect you so much more. Yeah, yeah. Like this, I do want to do like another episode on this, but like alcohol affects me so much with that Mars in the 12th. Like I'm so sensitive to Mm, um, like substances. Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, what have you yeah. noticed? Or I was going to say, what else have you noticed with 12th? Because um, I'm trying to think back to other 12th house transits I have, ha- have had. The eclipses were the most recent. I had Jupiter go through there. Jupiter went through my 12th in like 20, late 2013, 2014. And I did have like a loss in the family. So there was that element mm-hmm. of like loss and death. And then also just like every emotion Jupiter like amplifies so through the 12th bake every single emotion amplified like Mm -hmm. feelings became almost like too much to handle at that time oh my gosh yes like it can make you feel super overwhelmed and it really makes you like come back to being like okay what are my priorities like how can I better take care of my my mental health and like self-care and all of that yeah but yeah and so similarly to me I think it is important to touch on like the obvious themes that people do fear associated with the 8th and 12th. Like I had Saturn go through my 8th house just to like touch on that because it ties in. At the same time, I also had transits of Uranus to my 12th and that did bring up deaths, like so many, like um, of people who are very close to me and, you know, like my grandparents, but also really like more tragic deaths. So I think... Mm-hmm. you know, that that does definitely come up. And especially with Uranus, I would say in May 12th, I think that was the unexpected aspect to it. Or also like, even if there isn't a death, um, like having maybe someone close to you or you specifically like have to spend time in the hospital or like take care, taking care of someone that's sick. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely, a, I, I would say sometimes like just to point out, like, you know, that does, is something that can happen. Um, But ultimately, I do think that like how I responded to that, it took me so much deeper into my own healing and into my own spiritual connection. Mm -hmm. And so really, in a lot of ways was like, very, very sad, but also has helped me in very unexpected ways too. 
Yeah, like I feel like you need those periods in life where you're either alone or isolated or go through a loss to like wake you up to another part of yourself. Like I know without those 12th house eclipses and having someone turn against me or having a period where I was alone a lot and like kind of unsure of what to do next um, and didn't really know like where I was going for the, I would say for the past year with those (laughs) like cancer eclipses. Um, I needed that to kind of work to where I am now Mm, oh my gosh I feel that so big Alice yeah and I think I mean honestly if I didn't experience those losses in my life they affected me so profoundly that's totally why I quit my job I remember I actually was doing this horrible tutoring job on the side because I was Mm. like so desperate for money um when I was living on the upper west side and it was like so terrible I remember I, I got news that someone really close to me had like unexpectedly passed away with one of these transits to my 12th. And I was like, what am I doing? Like life is so short. And I literally just texted them and I was like, nope, won't be coming in anymore. And I was like, I just have to trust I'll find money in other ways because this is not it. I remember that the mom was like so weird. Yeah, seriously. It was, she had her own things. <laughs> yeah, 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 100%. Um, Yeah. So I think like definitely these transits, like you said, help you wake up to being like, oh my gosh, life is freaking precious and short and I need to live it. Yeah. Yeah. After that, it was the same thing when it came to leaving my other job. And I think that really prompted me in taking that leap of faith to become a full-time astrologer because I had been so hesitant for so long and doubting myself. And I was just like, I got to a point where I just, it wasn't good for my mental health, 12th house themes. And then also um, just that theme of death in my life kept coming up. And I felt like it was trying to tell me something that, you know, I needed to go for it. And I had waited long enough, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And like going back to eighth house themes of like therapy, like when I had eclipses in the eighth, which was a few years back, like 26, I think they were in Pisces in my eighth and like late 2015 2016 um I did experience like uh, a really pivotal like romantic relationship so there was that theme of like bonding with someone and being more close and open but it also ended which is another eighth house theme like loss so I do see that as a breakup transit sometimes where it's like if relationship problems can't be resolved that's really like what does it um but then that triggered me going to therapy and wanting to do self-improvement so like all of this was going on throughout 2015 2016 like relationship problems triggered personal growth and therapy with eighth house eclipses yeah that's a really good point too because with therapy I feel like transits to the eighth house personally for me like just because the eighth house is related to inheritance it's not always money it can also be you reflecting on what you have inherited from your own family like behaviors patterns growing up and like I know transits to the eighth house for me have made me reflect on being like "Ooh, do I like that pattern that I keep seeing or do I want to create a new one for myself going forward and like heal um in that way yes definitely and I feel like that not only not only with the major eighth house transits but every single year when the sun goes through the eighth house which is Pisces season for me I always get so emotional because I like think it's just like a time of like reflecting on childhood and relationship with difficult parents and it just hits me like all at once. Like I need to be, I need to work on that stuff and heal from that, from childhood stuff. 
That is such a good point, Alice. So yeah, if you're looking at your birth chart, look to see the sign on the cusp of the 8th house and the 12th house. Um, And those will always be just seasons of the year where you're feeling just heavier, asking yourself to kind of be more isolated or do that self-reflection. Yeah, I would say the difference I've noticed between those is 8th house season. I've noticed in personal experience is a lot about... um, relationships triggering a lot of personal growth and transformation at that time so it's sometimes a difficult relationship problem not romantic although all the time like sometimes like friendship or it could pertain to dating or a parental relationship focuses or forces me to focus on certain issues or habits I have whereas 12th house transits are often like times of like very low energy where you just need to take a step back and like rest and prioritize your feelings and mental health more so than like relationship problems triggering it. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I really, really love that. And I think too, like eighth house is almost like eighth house, 12th house. The big difference is eighth house is relational oriented. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I love how you went over that. And I always find that the eighth house thing happens and then it kind of takes those seasons in between leading up to the 12th house season of the year where I'm like, oh wait, I thought that was something that other people were doing. Like I was projecting something, but actually how am I involved in that? Like how can I take back control of what I do have control over and like kind of owning up to some patterns in my life? And a 12th house transit is so much like an ending to the year. Yeah. Like it's like kind of a closing out of one chapter you've had going on for the past 12 months. And then you come into the season of your rising sign, your first house, ready to embark on a new adventure for the next 12 months. Um, Or with a longer transit, like let's say you have Saturn going through your 12th house for like two and a half years. That's like a very significant ending where it's like shutting almost like one huge sorry I just knocked the mic huge chapter huge chapter of your life in order to come into another so like maybe there's like a career change that goes on with that Saturn through the 12th or something like that Mm, I'm feeling that so big with Uranus in the 12th house right now Mm -hmm. and I think that's like a good place to maybe wrap up with some last examples for transits the 12th house is an ending of those previous 12 houses like the end of a cycle and so it does represent loss Um, But ultimately, I find with transits to the 12th house, after the loss, it opens you up to so much more possibility. Like it's like you're releasing something. You literally have the hands to carry something new that's more aligned with you. So in that sense, it's not always like a bad loss. Like it can be an ending is disguised as a new beginning eventually. Yeah, it's like conserving energy and retracting before expanding again. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So like a 12th house transit definitely can, you know, it's not always negative. Like for example, when I had eclipses to my 12th and 6th house, I feel like that was when I got more focused on my own mental well-being and really prioritized myself in a lot of ways and discovered myself. Um, But then that was when I lost a lot of aspects of things, but I also, it was where I experienced a lot of loss, but also that welcomed in a new beginning and that's actually when I fell in love with Nick so you can kind of see like sometimes you have to have those losses in order to like evolve into a place where you feel ready to accept someone else or to enter in a new relationship in your life or something yeah with the 12th house eclipses for me not only was it like an ending of one career in fashion to have a job with a way deeper meaning for me in astrology like that happened with the 12th 
12,000 eclipses, eclipses, but also like being comfortable spending so much time alone and not worrying about dating a ton of random people. And I feel like I had to be so comfortable being alone and so fine by myself mm-hmm. before I could attract my current partner oh, when the so eclipses true. switched to the 11th. That is such a good point to bring up. Yeah, and exactly. Like, that was how it, I experienced it too. It was like, okay, I need to stop trying to fill my – fill like – empty empty time up with like meaningless things and find more meaning and find who I am and that was when when I felt like more aligned to that that was when I began to attract better friendships um more deeper friendships and even Nick as well yeah like getting rid of anything that just like isn't necessary like all this Mm -hmm. background noise yes love that Alice Okay, one last thing I wanted to touch upon on an eighth house tra- eighth house transit because this is a lot less deep, but it's something that's important. Eighth house has to do a lot with money, especially from other people like we talked about earlier, but with transits to the eighth, often you receive more money. Yeah. So this could, and this is often like passive income. It's not money you're working really hard to get. It could be from like investments or you happen to get a huge bonus at your job with an eighth house transit. I know for me personally, Um, when Jupiter went through my eighth about 12 years ago, like my grandmother died and left me money. And then also with eclipses in the eighth, I was in university and my dad stepped in and like supported me financially a lot Mm. at that time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like other people's money, like being aware of, I think it can also be, I, I see sometimes you are receiving money from other people during those transits, like unexpectedly even, but also sometimes it reflects like your partner. If you're in a relationship, like what's happening for them financially. Yeah. Like maybe they're getting a lot more money and that in turn yeah. helps you out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So always has that connection. Okay. So I feel like that's that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I think we did a good job covering that. Honestly, Alice and I could talk about 8th house, 12th house for like so much longer. <laughs> yeah. And we were going to say like, um, I find it like most of my friends and closest people in my life have 8th house yeah. or 12th house planets. Like oh, I feel like I yeah, can't yeah. connect to people unless they kind of have that. Absolutely. Like, for example, um, like you have eighth house planets. I see a lot of times my friends as well do. And then Nick himself also has a moon in the eighth. So it's like this common Mm -hmm. theme. Yeah. Same with my boyfriend. Like he has eighth and 12th house planets too, like a 12th house moon, eighth house Mars. Love that. You're one of my closest friends. You have those placements. Maddie, like our other friend has that. She has the same chart as me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like most people I know that I really connect with and have like long relationships with have eighth or 12th house planets. Which really makes sense because honestly, like I I can't hold a conversation for longer than like five minutes unless it gets into like emotion, psychology, depth, like why we do the things we do. Like, you know, it's, it does show those people who will be more comfortable and open to like that deeper connection and deeper topics too. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so Q&A for this week? Yes. Okay, let's jump into it. So we have two questions. The first question is, could you talk about this Chiron transit through Aries and what it might mean for us if we have personal planets there? Um, So Chiron has been in Aries. I think it went in there fully in February of 2019. Yeah. And it won't leave completely until 2027. I think it'll start to exit out into Taurus in 2026, but it doesn't fully leave till the following year. Um, so yeah, April, 2027. And Aries is actually 
I think it's Aries. It's either Aries or Taurus. Is the sign Chiron spends the longest amount of time in? So it might spend the shortest amount of time in like Virgo and Libra, and the longest at the other end of the zodiac, Pisces and Aries. Um, so right, because it has an irregular cycle like Pluto, you know. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it just makes because Aries is so like upfront and direct, and Chiron's about healing. I feel like overall for like on a world scale, it makes like healing way more obvious and like something you have to confront and deal with. Yes. Like Like active healing. I love that, Alice. Yeah. It's so much like talking about it on the collective. It definitely is like needing to confront those unhealed wounds because Chiron is called the wounded healer, quote unquote. And so it points when transiting different parts of your chart, it's like, okay, you need to heal this aspect of yourself. And like collectively, definitely it's like not subtle right now, basically with Chiron there. (laughs) We've definitely seen that since 2019. So true. So, so true. And I feel like it also really forces you to do a lot of thinking about your healing and then acting on it. And I feel like, um, you know, a kind of silver lining, I guess you could say of this whole like a lot of quarantining and stuff is that we have had a lot of self-reflection. And so I feel like mm-hmm. people have been forced to be alone, which also is kind of Aries in theme. Mm-hmm. Independence. Yeah. That's so interesting. Um, in terms of like going over personal planets, I can speak to what it's like to have Chiron over moon and Venus. Cause that has happened to me. Yeah. Pretty recently, like in the 2010s that that's honestly really difficult. Um, with Venus, it's a lot of like relationship wounding and like having constant like stress within relationships that, that like force you to heal certain parts of like how you're approaching relationships, what type of partners you're choosing so that I'm not going to lie like that. And also Chiron moving over the descendant line. So like if you have a Libra rising in an Aries seventh house, at some point in this, um, eight year period, it will go over your descendant. Um, and same with Chiron going over an Aries Venus, bringing up like stress within relationships, but also healing. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Those are really good examples. Um, And then right now I have it over my natal Mars. So that has been fun. (laughs) Um, I think it's helped me to see how am I doing things just to prove myself to other people's. And that has been a big theme since 2019. Yeah. And similarly, when it goes over the moon, that also like affects your personal life a lot. I feel like usually there's probably issues maybe with your mom or your family that come up at that time or in your intimate relationships that Mm -hmm. you're working on healing. Absolutely. Yeah. So those have all been big themes. And I think also just in general, like with Chiron and Aries, another thing is like it does help you to heal. I feel like sometimes with Chiron, people are afraid of it, but it is like it really is how you're going to experience it depends not only where it's at, but more generally, are you resisting this? Are you like not even aware that you have things to heal or are you like opening yourself up to that? Are you like, okay, I want to become aware of this, become conscious of it. So that way I can kind of like work with this energy most productively. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you do have Chiron planets or, or sorry, Aries planets or Aries angles, mm-hmm. this is something you will face. Yeah. And a lot about self-respect just as like a more general thing. I feel like it's 
Chiron and Aries is asking us to really respect ourselves first and to do our own healing for ourselves so that way we can better show up in our relationships. So it's kind of interesting with like the retrograde in Libra as well coming up, how that'll kind of help with the polarity too, I feel. Oh yeah, it'll probably be opposite Chiron for a lot of it. That's interesting. Hmm. So yeah, definitely look in your birth chart where Aries is and where um, Libra is too. I feel like that'll come up a lot this fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, that's actually a good point. Like Aries is my ninth house and like the second Chiron entered Aries mm. ninth house or got close to it, it was healing through spirituality and astrology. And ninth house is so much about spiritual beliefs. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's a perfect example. Um, and then the last question that we have actually is, um, it's asking about house systems. So it says Placidus house is not easy to understand where, whereas whole sign makes it so, makes so much sense. How did other systems get to be so popular? Um, yeah, so we use whole sign and this is the oldest house system Mm-hmm. that has been practiced like it's what the ancient Greeks and ancient Romans and like Hellenistic astrology like that's what was practiced back then um Placidus you might want to elaborate more on this but became has become mm-hmm. way more popular in the 20th and 21st centuries yeah 21st century definitely because it's like the default on all the websites like you pull up your chart and it's automatically in Placidus Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think another thing too to note is I feel like people when they're talking about house system, first of all, a lot of people don't know that whole sign is the oldest house system. I re- recently did a poll on Instagram and like it was crazy, like not even half of the people got it right. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Which is interesting because whole sign was like used for so long as the only house system um, because it actually is like the house system itself is constructed. Like it's not just like the 30 degrees of each sign. It's something that has evolved and it is really useful, but whole sign definitely basically is the most accurate that Alice and I have seen, Um, especially when dealing with like not only birth chart readings, but also transits. Yeah, like I'm so team whole sign. Um, (laughs) There are other house systems that I honestly don't know that much about because I haven't researched into like equal sign houses or porphyry, I think is the other one that CoStar uses. Yeah, and Koch was Um, really popular too, I feel like. Um, But basically when you go to like any astro.com, any other website, there's like dozens that you could choose from. So it's not like, oh, do I use Placidus? Do I use whole sign? It really is something for you to kind of play with and to research and to experiment with and see which one feels right for you. Yeah. And like different astrologers will use different house systems. It's not like there's one house system that's correct to use. It's really like, Mm -hmm. what has that astrologer put into practice over years? And like, what makes the most sense in their readings? Like what's resonated the most with them? And sometimes that might be another house system. Oh yeah. And I definitely like other astrologers who use Placidus, like I mean, that's great if it works for them and it actually gives you like a different perspective maybe. Um, But yeah, it's just a preference thing. And throughout time, you're always going to have a resurgence of maybe different house systems. But um, Alice and I prefer the original, (laughs) I guess. Yeah, one thing to add is um, whole sign has become a lot more popular over the past couple decades because ancient texts have been rediscovered and translated into English. So that's why it's kind of like all these traditional ancient astrology techniques have become like more mainstream again. And like with that, 
all, all of those have to do with like whole sign houses, which is my, why you may hear of like more astrologers using whole sign now. Yeah. Yeah. So a resurgence for sure. Um, but also if you want to know more about this, um, shameless plug here, but Alice and I are also going to be going into this a lot more in our course, Astrology and You, and you can still sign up for it if you're interested. Yeah. Our course is uses only whole sign. Um, <laughs> so that's something you want to learn astrology and definitely sign up for the course. It's openings are open until the when it changes to September 6th at midnight Mm -hmm. so sign up before then yes we're so excited about that um okay and actually that's all we had for this episode so hopefully you guys learned a lot about the the true definition or like the a fuller scope of looking at the eighth and the twelfth houses yes I love this episode (laughs) um me too I think it's one of my favorites me too but yeah have a good rest of your week everyone yes take care